Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast right here on Bally Sports Ohio. Solomon Wilcotson right now joining me, a very special guest, PFF senior analyst John Costco is joining us on the show. John, how you been doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, better than Lions fans, unfortunately, for them. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the football yesterday. It was great. How about you? Doing great. Look, this is a special edition of the Believe in Bingo podcast because, uh, look, we got to take a look back at Championship Sunday at both games. And, you know, I wanted to start by just kind of talking about uh, Dan Campbell and uh, some of those fourth down calls. Everyone around the country, John, is talking about the fact that he didn't go for the field goal. He was going for the knockout punch. Um, I want to know from you and everyone at PFF, what does the data suggest in those two situations, given what the score was? Because I know he was trying to land a knockout blow, right? And really Absolutely. take out the 49ers and take back the momentum, which they seem to have lost after squandering a 17-point lead in that uh, second half collapse. What does the data suggest? Yeah, you know, so so Michael Bagley was uh, 68% from 40-plus in his career. Um, so you're thinking, all right, Dan Campbell, my guy only makes 70% of these, maybe even less because you're at, we're at the 30 and 28-yard line. Um, so making, you know, making both of those is not not a un- deal. You'd expect maybe to make one of two of those. Uh, there's like a 90% chance of making that. When you look at those situations, I, I don't mind it and from, a, from a personal standpoint of you, you're wanting to have a knockout punch in this game. You're trying to win this game right then and there. Essentially, you get those one of those two. You're probably going to do that. And they had it. You know, like they had the drop pass from Josh Reynolds, unfortunately. Um, but the, the the data says to go for it. And I, I you know, from a, you know, a gut, you know, hey, you want to put this game away. I, I liked it a lot. You know, the other interesting decision, too, that really aren't many people talking about because they kicked the field goal was at the end of the half. Yeah. And they, you know, that one actually said, analytics said to go for this as well. Actually, it was a stronger go for it yep. than the ones that they, in the second half where they didn't get it. So, um, you know, I, he, <laughs> I, I understand at the end of the half, and just take the points. We're up three scores now. You come out in the second half, maybe score again. They had that, too, in the second half. It's just Yep. The mistakes that they made, you know, per you know, drops and it was. So it you're was rough. saying it wasn't the decisions to go for it or not. It was the lack of execution. Because on one of the fourth down plays, they hit Josh Reynolds. He tried to catch it with his arms, by the way, not his hands. Yeah. And of course, he wasn't able to catch it. And now they turn it over on downs. So you're saying that Dan Campbell can look at his ownership group today and say, look. We've done this all season long. In fact, they did it at a higher rate on fourth down than any other team this century, right? Yeah. And look what look at where it got them. And now they do it in this game, and everyone wants to second-guess them. But more importantly, it was about the lack of execution on the play, not necessarily the decision itself. A- absolutely. Because, like, you know, think about it. Josh Reynolds catches that ball. And that's a dagger in them. That, I mean, he dagger. that hits him should have hit him in hand. That should be a catch for him. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you talk about the second one a few plays before. Uh, J- Jared Goff threw a beautiful deep ball into the end zone for Jamison Williams to catch it. He he dropped it. I mean, he got his feet tangled up. He, you know, it got got jostled out of control a little bit there. But that ball was right there. They catch that one. It's like that's another dagger. Yeah. Two plays later, they're looking at, a, at another fourth down or whatever. So, it's the execution that 
that wasn't there, you know, you can question some of the play calling that the, the Lions did in the second half of that game, but the the execution on those specifically on those fourth downs just wasn't there for them. They got they got pressured on that the second one. They got pressured really quickly. Goff was trying to scramble out of the pocket, um, try to throw it to Amon Ross St. Brown on a scramble drill. He's that's not his game. He's got to be able to be have a clean pocket. If you get pressure on him, it's you know the offensive line didn't execute in that one. So, you know, I I, I don't mind the decisions at all. I think they're they're perfectly reasonable. Um, and they're not, it's not a done deal that that guy's going to make those field goals. Like That's he's right. 68 from his, in his career from, from 40 plus. And you're talking about 40, 46 and 48 yarders now at yeah. this point. So that's yeah. even harder. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit. That is a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. People are having fun with this one though, because it's been hot topic coming off the NFC Championship game that's all the San Francisco 49ers overcome a 17-point halftime deficit. Of course, their quarterback, Brock Purdy, um, was phenomenal in this game. And as you well know, he's been catching a lot of flack. There are people who don't want to seem to give Brock Purdy his due. He was the 262nd player taken in the 2022 draft, which means he was the last player taken in the 2022 draft. However, he clearly has outplayed his draft grade. And yesterday, and bringing his team back from a 17-point halftime deficit, should, is he changing minds now? Is he seen now as a playmaker? Are people still looking at him as a game manager? And what does the data say about his contribution to that comeback that we saw on Sunday? Yeah, you want you want to talk about stepping up in the biggest moment of your career? He did that. Like, That's right. You're talking about the – the do or die situation that you have to win this game. You have to play your best. I mean, it doesn't matter if you did that in week 10 of the regular season. It matters now in the NFC championship game. He did it right. So you're talking eight for 11, 126 yards, a touchdown, two big time throws in that third quarter alone with an 84 grade uh, PFF grade. Like he came out in that third quarter, put that team on his back and said, we're going to go win this championship game. And they did. And and he led it. That was him. And you talk about, the fourth, you know, fourth quarter, half, second half of games is where you win or lose games most of the time in the NFL. Right. He had the second best PFF grade in in the second half of, of the regular season, also in the fourth quarter of the regular season and second in the second half of the season. So wow. he really came on strong in the second half of the season. Six since week ten, um, he's been phenomenal in in the do or die type of situations where his team needs him to step up. He's done that, and he did it again in this game. He did it last week against the Packers. They were down. They needed him to come through in the, in the clutch. He did on that game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. He's he's two weeks in a row now in the playoffs. He's shown up that he can be the guy that, to lead them to a championship. He was a playmaker. I saw him. I saw him make plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. I saw him. You and I we talk about scoring drive percentage. What did they score on four of their five drives in the second half of the game? Yeah, I mean he was incredible. In terms of what he did, he was not game managing. When things broke down, he made the plays. He improvised and made a lot of plays, either 
in the passing game, throwing off schedule, or when things broke down, I saw him use his legs as well as we saw any quarterback on Championship Sunday, John. A- a- absolutely. You know, he he when it was not there, br- things broke down. He was able to get out of the pocket, scramble, and get the first down with his legs. When it was d- dialed up for him, he was making accurate throws. Yep. And then when the pressure was coming, he was able to navigate it and throw it where he needed to. There was a there was a throw he made to Jawan Jennings that you know obviously he had, he had the one handed. That was a great throw because he's running to his left, has to go cross body back across it was the Mahomes field. Mahomes like, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, if it was Mahomes that made that throw, everybody had been raving oh, about it. And yes, but yeah. but you know, they're more focused on that catch, which was a phenomenal catch. But yeah. you had to put the perfect touch on that to make it a catchable ball on in that type of situation, running away from where you're trying to throw it. I mean, he's he was making plays and you can't really you can't really argue about the results now that the 49ers have with him as a quarterback. Uh, he, he took him to the Super Bowl. You know, last year, he was a guy that you don't know what happens in that game, right? Like he, yeah. he tore his, some ligament in his, in his elbow or whatever it was that he tore. You don't know what's going to happen in that game. Maybe he leads him to that victory again against the Eagles, but uh, he's definitely outplayed his draft stock for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, interesting at, at Iowa State. I liked him as his freshman and, and sophomore years. I got turned off on him because of that basically one play. And this is where you, you get into trouble with one play scouting. Everybody probably knows he's getting sacked and he just kind of this YOLO throws it backwards, backwards. into the arms of a TCU player and he <laughs> returns it for a touchdown. I was like, nah, he's off my board. I can't play with that guy. <laughs> uh, Poor uh, teaches me a le- lesson when it comes to evaluation. Right, you can't, you can't right. do one play scouting like that. So <laughs> I always liked him uh, at Iowa State. Having played in the Big Eight Conference, which is mm-hmm. now the Big Twelve, my entire career at the University of Colorado, we played Iowa State. I thought they had some good players that came out of that program, right? Absolutely. And I always knew that it was a good program. Um, and I remember just watching him play, and I love the fact that he was a four-year starter. He had played in a lot of games. He won. He he won more games over the course of his four-year career than any other quarterback over their yeah. four-year career. In school history, that tells you something. So he did lift a program that normally people aren't talking about. They were talking a lot about Iowa State when he was there. Because of him. Brees Hall. Yeah, and Brees Hall and guys like that. But it was because of him. And that, I always give players credit for that. If you prove to me that you can lift an institution, that you can put them on the map, then that means you're ready for the next assignment, which is to carry a franchise uh, on your shoulders every single Sunday because yeah. that's what quarterbacks in our league do. So I Absolutely. I think that part of it does carry over, and we've seen that happen with him. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, they lose in the AFC Championship game 17-10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, look, their offense, uh, along with Lamar Jackson, being criticized for their failures on third down plays, John, and really their inability – to handle a blitzing defense by the Kansas City Chiefs. What does the data say about the areas of deficiency for Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens offense? Yeah, on third third downs in this game, they're 27%, uh, three for 11. Obviously, when you when you have those numbers, it's not going to cut it, especially in a, against Mahomes, right? And so uh, when you look at it, you know, closer, their offensive line was actually pretty good. I think they held up well. They graded well for us. Um, they got a little bit of pressure on third downs uh, in those situations, but Lamar just didn't didn't play well on third downs. He had a twenty nine point six PFF grade on third downs. Wow. I mean, you, that's 
you know, he's he basically missed most of his throws. He was one for yeah. six or one for seven on, on third downs in terms yeah. of completions. Yeah, he had one drop in there, but he was missing a lot of throws there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to Kansas City, kudos to them. They they deployed a dime defense, so six defensive backs or more uh, on nine of those occasions. Uh, they ran man coverage on seven times. They blitzed them five times on third downs. Um, and, and then the Ravens, what they did is they just they trotted out eleven personnel so that you know Kansas City obviously matched that with with their dime packages. They yeah. passed it eight times, ran it three times. They converted two of the runs for first downs, only one of eight on passes. So wow. essentially, um, Lamar didn't play well, didn't read the defense as well in, in those situations, and that's ultimately the reason for their deficiencies on on third downs. You know, like yeah. there, I mean, you know, there's there one occasion where he scrambled and. They they ended up actually converting on the fourth down, but it was in it was in the fourth quarter where he took a sack on third down. They're deep in their own territory when he was scrambling out. He had some open re- receivers. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly what his pro, you know you know read progression was on those, but like he's a guy that like like held a ball too long. Like you know, hey, if that first sounds there, he's usually taken off on it. So I don't you know he just wasn't playing very well on those on those third downs yeah. and, and good enough to you know for obviously them to win he, the he game. He wasn't and seeing them. he wasn't seeing the field very well for whatever reason. I do think the whenever you crowd the secondary and put extra defenders back there, I think that can throw off some of your normal looks. Right, obviously when you're playing a little more zone behind some of that blitzing pressure. That can throw off your looks, particularly if it's hybrid coverage. In other words, one coverage to one side of the field, another coverage to the other side. And, and quarterbacks who aren't sure what they've seen, John, you and I both know this, they tend to hold it a little too long, right? Absolutely. They tend to hold it because it's like trying to solve a math problem. You're taking a little too long, fella. You know? yep. And the clock and- is ticking. And that's why I was really concerned. Four sacks on Lamar. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't see that often. He's more like the jackrabbit that defensive lineman can't catch and the chiefs were able, able to get to him, weren't they? Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about the the sacks too, is that he got out of a lot of sacks and early in that game too, that obviously the first touchdown to uh, Zay flowers, that was, that was nuts. That was phenomenal play by him. He, he slipped out of the sack, threw it deep to, to Zay Jones for the touchdown. Uh, Zay flowers. Sorry. Um, but you know, with with him, you know, one of the things that the Chiefs are doing defensively to to confuse them was they would they would run cover two man a couple of times in this game. And generally, when you have that, like the quarterback, you sees that and it's like, okay, I'm going to be free to run. But what the Chiefs did is that they had two two uh, linebackers yeah. spying Lamar, yeah. whichever which way the, the the back would release, one of them would take the back, the other would take Lamar, and they would pass that guy off. So it wasn't clear in terms of like who who was going to be free to, to spy Lamar, and he didn't know that, right? And mm-hmm. when you do that, if you get initial pressure on him, that other guy comes and and makes a play on him. Like that was a that was a nice wrinkle from um, uh, you know Steve Spagnolo. Drew, Drew Tranquil you know, like, was phenomenal. Drew Tranquil, I thought he gave him. Remember, he played in, instead of Willie Gay, who was out for the game, and yep. Drew Tranquil really factored in that kind of scenario that what you talked about in terms of what Steve Spagnuolo drew up you also have to have guys who can execute that kind of play I want to ask you this because typically if you go 12 personnel and the opposing team goes nickel and in this case dime right yeah don't you want to check run against that in the in in the Ravens even though the score was very close they literally abandoned the run game yeah if you want to talk about the way to beat the Chiefs defense, you need to run it. And exactly. I, I think they got, you know, you can talk about the Lions too. They they only they stopped running it in the second half. Maybe they got scared because of the fumble. 
the the Ravens they were never really out of this game. Yeah, the Chiefs kind of dominated this game in the first half, but the second half their defense really stepped up and and Lamar they, you know they kept throwing the ball instead of running it. And the Chiefs' run defense is not very good. Like they're one of the you know they're in bottom third of the league in terms of run defense and of an efficiency standpoint. They 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 show in this game you you can run this more often with him. And that's where your strength is is when you can have that run pass option with Lamar and you're not forcing yourself into a one dimensional team, man, that's what makes Lamar and that, that Ravens offense dangerous. But if you're just asking him to drop back 50 times in a game, that's usually not a good recipe for success for that Ravens team. Look, the Ravens defense, uh, phenomenal defense all season long, led the league in uh, points allowed per game, led the league in sacks. This is a formidable group led the league in terms of their ability Uh, At least they were top five, I think, in takeaways. But in this game, Patrick Mahomes scored 17 points on this defense uh, and scored, I think, what, touchdowns on their first two drives. Um, Zero turnovers against a defense that takes it away with great regularity. He targeted Travis Kelsey 11 times. Travis Kelsey made 11 catches. Every time they threw the ball to him, he caught it. How good was Patrick Mahomes? What does the data really tell us about how good we saw him play in this game against a very great defense. Yeah. You know, it was going to be a special night for him. You know, a first down a first drive, they convert that fourth down. He's rolling, yeah. right. Throws it cross body across, you know, to, to, uh, to Kelsey on that Kelsey crosser. Just perfect that. accuracy away from a t- yeah. like tight coverage, like it tight coverage. He has to put it in a perfect spot. They're touched that first touchdown. Kyle Hamilton's perfect coverage. He's blanketing him That's all right. over the, and Mahomes just puts it in a perfect spot. One hand catches it for, for Travis Kelsey. It's like you can't defend against that type of stuff. Like when they're on, it's the, uh, the ultimate duo. And and we've seen it time and time again throughout his career with he and Kelsey. So, you know, in the first half alone, he had a PFF grade of 90.4, you know, a near success rate of like 60% for from a passing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, EPA per play, you know, expected points added of 0.405, which, you know, that's an elite number and it doesn't really matter what the number is. It was elite level types of, of, of efficiency that the offense was, was putting up there. Uh, this, you know, the Ravens did find their footing in, in the second half. Like we talked about, you know, yeah. they scored 17 in the first half, didn't score at all in the second. I think the chiefs kind of went really conservative in the, in the second half with the, their play calling. You saw a lot of first down runs for them, especially to open up turn the drive. Over, John. They exactly. weren't going to turn it over, right? They weren't going to beat themselves. Exactly. And that's, you know, they wanted to protect the ball. They trusted that their defense was going to be able to stop Lamar. And, and and they did. Lamar made the mistakes that you you kind of forced them into. Uh, and and they, they didn't feel like they needed to really stretch it more in the second half. I mean, I think you want to kind of step on the throats a little bit more, but... Hey, it's Patrick Mahomes, and he was he was phenomenal in that first half, and and really essentially that's what won them the game. Chiefs defense was phenomenal, forcing um, the Baltimore Ravens to commit two turnovers in the fourth quarter in the red zone. The Zay Flowers fumble right at the goal line proved to be costly, and then on another trip down inside the red zone, Lamar gets intercepted, throwing the ball into the end zone into a crowd of defenders for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's why a lot of people are questioning. Uh, his performance in that game. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl. It's a rematch of Super Bowl 54 in 58 in Las Vegas. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. What is it about this 49ers defense that maybe Patrick Mahomes should be most concerned about? 
Yeah, so this defense isn't the juggernaut we saw it was a year ago, and and it's not even what it was early in the season. So they they've had some struggles in the second half of the season, but and they they have some really good pieces that's going to make life difficult for him. So you're talking about right up front, Nick Bosa. In my eyes, he was the second best defensive player in the NFL this year, behind Miles Garrett. He had the second best pass rush grade, the second best overall grade for any defender. And now, including the playoffs, has 118 pressures on the season. I mean, he, you know, just because the sack numbers weren't there this year like they were last year, he's still getting after the quarterback and making life difficult for him. We saw it. I mean, we saw it happen in the in the NFC Championship game. He had two sacks in the second half on Jared Goff. Those, I mean, pressures eventually will lead to sack, and and he he took care of business there. You look at the second level, Fred Warner and and Dre, Dre Greenlaw, two. That the, the basically the best ta- uh, linebacker tandem in the NFL in my eyes is uh, Fred Warner. I thought was like this probably the he was best linebacker individually this year. Probably the fifth or sixth best defensive player at any position this year. Um, he makes the, those two both are super athletic. They can make plays that most linebackers aren't being able to make. You get they can get beat initially on some on a route that a you know a tight end or a wide receiver is making, and they can recover per, as as good as like a defensive back. That's how good those guys are. And then you look at the secondary. It's not like a great secondary, but it's a good one that doesn't really have weaknesses. But the one piece that you don't really want to pick on is, is Traverius Ward. He led the NFL in pass breakups this year. Uh, and it's just been, a, a you know, just blankets wide receivers, you know, snap in, snap out. So those are the pieces, you know, you have to you have to really worry about those. But I mean, it's Mahomes and Kelsey and, 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 and Rasheed Rice has been phenomenal this year as well as a rookie. So like, you know, you have to feel like, and you'd like Kelsey's matchup against anybody. One last question before we let you go, John. Uh, you have the master, the age-old um, veteran and head coach, Andy Reid, one of the greatest play callers and play designers that we've ever seen in our game. Going up against the steel mind of in the youth of a Kyle Shanahan, who's been here before but has not been able to seal the deal whether it was with Matt Ryan when he was in uh, Atlanta as the offensive coordinator under Dan Quinn, or um, in, in, of course, Super Bowl 54, uh, when he led his 49ers in Miami against the same Kansas City Chiefs team. Who who has the edge? What does the data say about Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid? What do you got? Yeah, like you said, two of the best offensive minds in, in the NFL today, arguably in NFL history. And, you know, look at Kyle Shanahan's career. It's almost kind of mirroring Mike Shanahan, his, his father's, in terms of, like, not being able to, to get to that that pinnacle until very late in his career. You know, obviously you hope that, that it's going to be sooner than later for, for Kyle. Um, you know, look at the 49ers over the past few years. They're second best in offensive success rate. They're the best in, in, in the EPA per play. Uh, Chiefs are fourth in both categories where you got – the 49ers grades, they're they're the top of, of the top of any team, uh, whereas the Chiefs are fifth in that. Uh, you know, the, the ultimate trump card in of all this game is going to be Patrick Mahomes because he can turn a dead play, a bad play call into a spectacular one that's going to go for, for 60 for a touchdown uh, or whatever it may be, you know, converting that third down. That was a bad, maybe a bad play call is on first and second down. It doesn't matter. Third and 20, he's going to make that happen. You know, I don't, you know, you don't think of Brock Purdy as being that type of a guy. And I think, you know, from a coaching, pure coaching standpoint, what's, you know, can transpired over the past years, I might give the edge to Kyle Shanahan in terms of that. It's that's so difficult to say, right? Because Andy yeah. Reid's a future Hall of Famer and he's still at the peak of his of his coaching career. So I think if you're talking about does a guy get the absolute most out of his team, 
I would say that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's doing a phenomenal job with that because obviously, you know, nobody thought Brock Purdy was going to be the type of guy that he is right now, leading you to a potential Super Bowl. And the fact that he's been able to do that over the past few years is, is really impressive. Well, we should let people know uh, it is a rematch from Super Bowl 54 in that game in Miami. Um, San Francisco 49ers midway through the fourth quarter had a 20 to 10 lead. Nick Bosa, it was his rookie season. He was all mm -hmm. over the place getting after Patrick Mahomes. And then on a third and 15 play with about eight minutes to go, I'll never forget it. Um, Patrick Mahomes laced the sky with a 44-yard completion down the field to Tyreek Hill. In fact, they would have they would connect on another big plant and they would just continue to come back and win it. Uh, and they would go on to score 21 unanswered points to win that game 31 to 20. It was incredible. Yeah. So uh, think yeah. about that. That's that was the birth of the Grim Reaper that we know <laughs> as Patrick Mahomes. He could yeah. do that to you. Just yeah. when you think you got him, they had a 10-point lead, eight minutes to go. And then uh the Chiefs reeled off uh 21 points, 21 straight points to win that game. It was just incredible. Hey John, yeah. thank you for sharing with us. Great information, my friend. We want to thank you for joining us right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast on Valley Sports Ohio. Everyone, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.